Welcome to the Keegan Smith Podcast. Choose what you give your life to or have it stolen from you. My mission is to rewire for power. We've all been gifted massive potential. This podcast is about unwrapping that gift. What if you could? Potentiating wellness, abundance, and movement. Today's podcast is proudly brought to you. It's about to go live, 13 places only. Started. 2014, I want to work together with you get better. Since if you've time, got a dream or if you know that you should have one and you'd like to be directed and assisted, I've been working hard at this stuff for quite a while. As I often share, it doesn't always go exactly as I planned. If it did, I'd be walking on water. If it did, the world wouldn't be the place that it is. But being in the game, being in the battle is what it's about. If you want to be in the game, if you want to be in the battle, send me a message. We can talk about your plans, work on the details. You'll find me if you want me. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about mobility or and or force. Okay, so I had a question, and this one will be a little bit less philosophical, but it always comes out to some extent. Question, I've been posting up some questions there. My Instagram story is probably the place most of you interact with me and see what I'm up to. That's probably how you got linked to the podcast. I don't tend to post it many other places. Um, if you're not on Instagram, then power to you. Um, but you probably don't listen to this podcast. So I, I put up out there, you know, ask me a question and got some really interesting questions and uh, really enjoyed some interaction that came off the back of those Um yeah, it's nice to hear what people are thinking about, what they're focused on, and what they sort of see that I could potentially uh, assist them with on their journey. Uh, that's always interesting. The other people's perception of what I might be an expert in or what I might have something to offer in. Uh, yeah, my background is strength and conditioning. So the mobility and force question is, is probably one that I've thought a lot about and I've played around with a lot. Uh, to me, the, the fetish around mobility and a lot of people like they, they just want mobility as a standalone thing. Like I just find it disgusting as a goal. Like I, I think that yoga is just, yeah, as a physical endeavor is, is, is not cool. Um, obviously anyone can do what they want to do, but I'm just giving you my opinion on the way I look at it. Uh, yeah, like we're meant to exist like the physical existence. It's just, it's not a way of existing that has relevance to our historical past. And that is, I guess my biggest frame of reference and where I see truth, you know, we needed to be able to exist in a physical environment to have some physical strength, you know, to carry water and chop wood and carry a carcass and go to war. If that was needed, I don't think we need to be fighting against other humans, but I do think that, um, humans are meant to be strong and yeah, I, you know, I believe in eating meat. So I therefore believe in you know, hunting, killing, death, you know, farming or in whatever form. Um, and you just can't do that with a frail, weak body. And I think that people who get to really high standards of cultivating fragility and, uh, instability, weakness, becoming super hypermobile, like it's cool as far as a circus thing goes, if you, you know, if you want to get paid for that or whatever, but I think it's misplaced if your goal is to be an exceptional human, um, of value, you know, and be someone that your ancestors would be proud of 
be someone that if that was emulated, you know, by future generations, like what you're doing to your, your DNA, what you're doing, what you're passing on genetically, what you're passing on socially. So we all father, this is an interesting point. We all father other people. Now, everyone who, who, whether you have kids or not, you're fathering people, you're mothering people because you're influencing them. Okay. So it used to just be mostly your, you know, uncles and cousins and, and your tribe that you would have an influence over, but now it can be much wider. Okay. So you have your genetic inheritance and what you pass on genetically. And part of that is what you received. And then it's what you do with it. And it's what you pass on. And I'm big on optimizing those things. But there's the other side, which is like what you psychologically gift and give uh, to what's what's your tribe. And, and you can basically choose and determine how big your tribe is based on how valuable what you have to say is. If other people value what you have, then you get to speak to a lot of people. Now, in some cases, that is you know, silicon boobies and a, and a big butt. Um, people want to look at that. And so, you know, there's a huge audience there that those people get to impact and influence. And sometimes those people really try to do their best, you know, with that. They, they may continue to build their brand based around something which seems superficial, but then oftentimes they, they will actually try to bring positivity into other people's lives, you know, from that position. There's a bit of a push and love at the moment for hating on fitness models. It's, it's the audience that chooses, you know, it's, it's not, yeah, I mean, they're, sure, they're choosing to post those things, but it's the fact that hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, millions of guys want to see that and will, you know, will comment, will like, will respond to that. You know, that's the that's what creates the audience for it. So, you know, at, at the same time as, you know, if, if you don't want to watch it, then just don't watch it. Uh, that's, that's it. Like, if you don't think those people have value to provide... Um, yeah, I don't think mocking and ridiculing the person doing it is that valuable or intelligent. I probably point my finger a bit more at the person who is subscribed to lots of those girls and, and is constantly looking for that stuff. You know, if you are, uh, I mean, we all have sexual desire and, and sexual urge, and it's how we channel that energy and follow that will have a big influence on the quality of our lives. Material like Think and Grow Rich. It really talks about um, you know, channeling that energy into your project to becoming financially rich on the basis of your sexual energy and says that people who become very wealthy have higher sexual energy and they transfer that energy intelligently. So not necessarily by being, you know, gigolos, by finding as many girls as they can to sleep with or, you know, by, you know, even having sex with their partner every day. Uh, or multiple times a day or whatever, um, but more so transferring that energy to the rest of life. And even in work of you know people like Joe Dispenza, he's talking about, yeah, well, sex is that energy in the base chakra and creating a lot of energy there and, and a release. And you know by having a lot of energy there and a release, you get a great experience. Um, and you know his work is based around, well, yeah, you can do that at the bottom chakra, but what about when you do it at the top chakras? What about when you do that in your brain? Um, and that's kind of what the work of you know, Wim Hof, who I've also you know, done a lot of work with and, and researched a lot and you know, did a, a five-day camp with him uh, a few years back. It's also built around channeling that, that energy. Um, so where was I going with this? We were talking about strength and mobility, force. 
Uh, I don't even know. I've gone on such a big tangent there. Uh, it might come back to me to loop back around, but it may it may never come back. This one might have just gone out into the distance. But I think there might be some some value there, something to to consider and, and think upon. Um, but chasing mobility as a sole goal, I think, is just it's it's misplaced energy. Now, force. Force is, is something that is vital for life. If you, if you want to be able to accomplish things physically, if you, and I think it's important that we do have a physical existence, I'm all for exploring the spiritual world. I'm all for you know, building a business. And, you know, I've built businesses online. My, you know, I've lived from online business for the last couple of years, um, well, since 2014. End of 2014, you know, I've lived exclusively from online business, um, but some funny noise coming here somewhere in my computer. What the frick is that coming from? Let's close this stuff down. All right, sorry about that. Super not professional, but it was bugging me because I could hear something ticking away there. Um, right, so we want to build strength. We want to build, we want to be able to produce a lot of force. We want to produce that force quickly. Now we can have all sorts of fetishes about whether it's one leg and whether it's body weight and whether it's calisthenics and whether it's weightlifting. Basically, it's the same shit. You're producing force and you produce force from muscle. You don't flex bone, you flex muscle. Now, yes, there is a trade-off. You can be quite strong and not very big. You can be very big. And moderately strong, you know, not extremely strong, but generally there's a correlation between size and strength. And someone who's already big, you know, can train themselves neurologically uh, to be able to produce more force. Now, how much muscle mass you want, how much force you want to be able to produce, that's up to you. That's your game, your body, your life. But is it a question of whether you should be able to develop and produce a lot of force? For me, that's not optional. That's that's being human. Like that's being a successful human revolves around being able to produce a lot of force. Now you can channel that into boxing or jujitsu or purely in the weight room or whatever you want to do. Like I'm not telling you exactly where it needs to be channeled, but force production is a fundamental. And I guess that's why I gravitated towards strength and conditioning and why even with a more spiritual, holistic process within real movement project force is still central and i feel like anytime anyone loses contact with force they're losing contact with with a fundamental now mobility you also need to be able to you know if we if we look at this metaphysically as my friend mitch pike if you don't know mitch pike or follow mitch pike stuff you know look up mitch pike send me a message about him i'll connect you up to his content but you know he's massive on what you want spiritually what you want mentally emotionally you you should have that physically right so i think everybody needs strength and stability there's there's no question of that now if you solely chase strength and stability to the point where you have zero flexibility zero mobility then you may become completely inflexible and immobile and unadaptable and an unadaptable being and a being that doesn't adapt is a being that will not survive right Pol- uh, uh charles darwin rather than Charles Poliquin, you know, spoke about it's, it's survival of the best adapters, those who are best able to adapt. And it's actually 
even further on that, if you look, look at the work of Bruce Lipton, um, biology belief and spontaneous evolution, um, they really talk about the ability of the group and uh, the collective to adapt. You're not trying to completely dominate your environment because if you're the best killer in the in the in the world, if you're the if you're the lion that just kicks everything's butt, then you eat everything and you pass on those genes that eats everything, and soon enough there's nothing to eat. So it's it's being able to succeed to the level that your environment requires and to coexist uh, with what's around you. Okay. So completely dominating your environment in the way humans have done, uh, is, is not the solution either. Okay. So we want to maintain a level of adaptability and a level of flexibility, our ability to adapt. So mobility gives adaptability because it allows us to get into new positions and deal with those new positions, be strong in those new positions. When we can't get into many positions, then yeah, we, we're limited. We, come, we become limited. And that's, I guess, the criticism of powerlifting. If, if powerlifting is your one thing and you only do powerlifting, now there's powerlifters out there who can do all sorts of stuff. And, you know, this is, this is not everybody. But powerlifters who only powerlift can become so very good at powerlifting that they, be, they, they become so very incapable physically. Um, and Michael Sears has just turned up in the driveway. So this won't go for too much longer. But you don't want to be uh, so good at one thing that you can't do anything else. I think that that's a bad place to get to. So yes, continue to build strength and force. What I loved seeing is uh, the capacity of weightlifters to, to be able to adapt and to be able to do you know, so much across different, um, different capacities, different, you know, different platforms. There's some weightlifters out there who are posting amazing content around mobility um, they can execute all kinds of lifts. You know, weightlifting can have its criticism of its, you know, it's too stable and it's bilateral and it's barbell, etc. But some of these guys are able to do, you know, massive feats uh, on on one leg, one arm, etc. Like they have extreme movement skill, they have great mobility, they have extreme force production, and they are hot. They've remained highly adaptable, and I think that their adaptability, maybe part of it, is to be insta famous and to be able to actually be commercially viable as a weightlifter and to have sponsors and and to cash in on the CrossFit market and things like that. Like that's it's definitely part of the you know the Klokov um, experience and experiment. And there's a lot of other weightlifters that have gone down that path. But I think the other side to it is maybe they were already doing that. Maybe I know that there were weightlifters who practiced a little. Um, you know, one-legged stuff and, and single-arm barbell work um, and stuff like that. I believe that adaptability is the key to them being able to put up with just, be, you know, competing in basically three movements, you know, snatch, the clean, and the jerk. If you only perform those three movements, then, yeah, you can become uh, fragile through rigidity and through, you know, lack of adaptability. So not shitting on mobility. It just needs to be coupled with force production or it's it's a hollow endeavor. It's 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 not going anywhere. It doesn't make any sense in from an evolutionary uh, or human perspective. So um, I have heard that the FRC. I don't know the FRC guys. I got nothing against them. I, I know a few of the guys who are right into it, who um, teach some courses around it, kin strength and stuff, and they're really good crew. Um, and I love their stuff. But I have heard that. <laughs> part of the message that they try to sell uh, that has been tried to be sold with that system is like stop all strength work while you address your mobility. 
And to me, that's like, we'll stop eating and stop going to the toilet until, you know, you've, you've learned to, to recite the Bible or you've, you know, you've got yourself spiritually in hundred percent alignment. And obviously that will, that will lead to death, right? So for an athlete to just go, okay, yeah, we're just going to focus on mobility until we get that sorted. And then we'll go back to force and endurance and, and, and the, you know, the other skills, everything else that's required. That's death. That's retirement. That's, you know, you go back, you get injured, you go back, nobody wants you. Um, it's not an option to stop everything while you build mobility, in my opinion. Now, the legend of strength training I've spoken about many times, Charles Poliquid, was a huge advocate of full range of motion lifting. Full range of motion lifting is, for me, the second level in mobility development. The first level is active um, antagonist work, which is a lot of the FRC style work from what I understand of it. And it's the, the, the least uh, the least rapid to produce results and, and the least aggressive, so the, the least likely to produce injury. But then you want weighted end, end position, uh, full range of motion things. But then the third level is just loaded end range. Okay, so that is uh, things like pauses in the bottom position of your of your squat or your pistol or pauses in the bottom position of a dumbbell bench where you really bring it all the way down or, or, or dumbbell flies, uh, but holding that bottom position uh, for time and building strength in that position. And you'll see gymnasts and weightlifters and, and people who have extreme strength also building that strength in, in ranges that most people can't get to. Now, to me, that's something respectable, right? So you always want to be developing force together with mobility uh, in my opinion and my experience, I don't see a need to stop strength work. Now, the caveat to this is if you're putting on a bunch of muscle mass and you're you're going hard with your with your strength work, you will stiffen up and it will be challenging to develop mobility, cultivate mobility at this time. Can you still be developing it at the same time? I believe so. It's just going to be, there's going to be a bit more muscle soreness and things there. There's going to be some more pain. There's going to be some more adaptive adaptation of the tissues. So, you know, just have some patience with it and, and take your time. If you're putting on size, then yeah, like the fascia is potentially getting stretched more as well. And, and that stuff, the connective tissues take time to adapt. So, you know, you always need to be smart uh, around how you load, the speed of loading and tempos you use and, um, yeah, even movement selection and, and know which areas of the body are most likely to inflame generally and which ones, you know, certain individuals are more prone to where they've had injuries in the past. The biggest thing you don't want to do is flare up tendons, right? If you're building mobility, when you piss off a tendon, you can be a long road back, right? So you, you, you that's the biggest thing that you want to avoid. Um, and the best way to do that is to go through those levels of loading. Um, so the fourth level is ballistic loading. So if you jump straight into a bunch of ballistic stretching, especially without a base of, of strength work and full range of motion strength work, then it's likely to end in tears. It's likely to end in an injury that bothers you for years to come. Okay, so um, it, all, it all has its place. It all has its time. If you've been watching my training, you'll see that I'm getting stronger again. Relative to a lot of people, I'm still a kitten, uh, and that's you know I, I probably always will be. We'll see. Now, some things not so much a kitten, maybe like a, a little teenage feline, whatever. But um, yeah, like uh, my strength numbers aren't anywhere near exceptional. Uh, I can do a few things that not that many people can do. I'd like to be less common. That's one of my goals. You know, be kind and uncommonly great. I write that down each morning. Um, 
And some of that was in skill. Some of that's in mobility. Some of that's in force production. Um, and eventually there may even be some endurance in that. Uh, but as I've been developing that strength, I haven't been focusing on mobility. Mobility tends to come relatively easy to me. Strength doesn't. I've always been weak. Uh, as a kid, I was, I was weak. I was skinny. I didn't respond to strength training very well. It took me ages to get to a 60 kilo bench press. Uh, when I was at university, so I was around like 17, 18. I'd been training for like three, four years at that time. My brother had been training for a while. He was probably 20 kilos heavier than me at the time, maybe more. And, you know, yeah, he, he was sitting like usually 90s. Uh, and I was sitting in the 60s and then, you know, eventually we started pushing some 70s and it took me a long time to hit 80 kilos uh, on the scale. I'd actually had a diet of jam donuts and, and cream um, that I was drinking and, and consuming uh, while I lived in England. The first time I actually lived on my own away from family, uh, I was living in Reading in England and I, I used to stop when riding my bike to Veritas where I was going to work as a personal trainer. I didn't eventually end up really doing much there, but I would stop and drink that on the way. And yeah, like if you have to put mass on or you're going to die or suicide or not get paid or something, then donuts and cream will definitely do it. I don't think it was muscle that I gained, um, but I finally got over 80 kilos. And that's, you know, that's, that's been a journey for me. So for me, strength is something that I value because I've had to work hard for it. Uh, I probably, you know, I haven't been smart about it probably, probably since the start. Like I didn't have, yeah, some of the advice wasn't great. Some of the advice was great. I just didn't adapt very well to training. I think underlying health conditions, gut, systemic inflammation, my, my capacity to adapt was lower than, than most young people. And, you know, I did build some strength. I cleaned a hundred kilos, which, you know, no one at hockey was doing in those days, you know, when I was sort of. 18, 19, 20, around that age, you know, I was deadlifting like maybe 120, 30, something like that. Um, yeah, 140 plus by the time, you know, near when I was finishing hockey. Um, not impressive numbers at all, but, you know, in, in, a hockey, in the hockey world, like that was, that was strong. Most people didn't really do those, num you know, didn't do those lifts very much. And I, I became one of the fastest guys through that. So, you know, I, I guess I value that strength because it's been more of a challenge. I, I could always sort of touch my toes and I was always one of the more flexible people uh, when people stretched uh, at hockey or at school or whatever. I wasn't – if I'd have been amongst a ballet crowd, I, I definitely wouldn't have been flexible, but I would say that's always come more naturally to me. And I, for that reason, I wouldn't value it uh, to the same extent. So, yeah, basically, you know, I tend to do the things and value the things that I'm really bad at and that come least naturally to me. Uh, I didn't like public speaking at all, actually, and I really crap myself about presenting the first few times that I did it, etc. And now it's, you know, one of the things that I, that I most love to do and, you know, probably where I've served most. So, so, you know, often that's where the learning is as well, right? Like going towards the things that, uh, that are difficult for you and they have become strengths. Um, so now that I've actually got my body back online a little bit as far as force goes. I'm back to pretty much as good as I've been on a few lifts, not on deadlifts and not on snatches, you know, which are the two lifts that I probably love most, but I'm like, re I've rebuilt a foundation and I feel like I'm getting to a position where I can go after them and, and go to a place that I haven't been before. You know, I will start to 
involve more mobility and take a little bit more time around my training and um, yeah, play around with these things. But I feel like when I was weak, like I almost didn't deserve to do that sort of work and just like, yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a big part of training because um, yeah, like it's like you've got no base, like you've got nothing to, to build on that's, that's worthy of, um, I guess polishing. Like I feel like the mobility is polishing. Now, at the same time as saying this, like the initial goal of a lot of your strength training work is just to be able to get into positions. So you will build strength as you're building the ability to get into positions. Now, I'm not a rank beginner, so it's a little bit different. Um, I do have still reasonable mobility, like better than the majority of people who strength train. Um, but yeah, I, I will go back to becoming uncommonly great um, and go beyond where I've been in terms of mobility um, now that I have my, my strength foundation back and, and I feel like I'm, I'm going in the right direction with, with all that sort of stuff. So some thoughts around strength and mobility. Um, yeah, you should be able to, you know, if you go to the gym, if you're developing yourself physically, like it's good to work towards chest on the floor, pancake, being able to do a back bridge, uh, nuts on the floor, uh, side split. If you don't have nuts, then, you know, roughly that distance, uh, you know, th those are probably the three foundations as well as being able to rest in the squat position, being able to hang in a decent position, you know, being a lockout properly overhead. Um, and what's the other one? Oh, just the forward bend, you know, just straight legs, standing pike, um, palms on the floor. Like, yeah, your body's going to feel nicer, better, perform better, recover better if you can nail those positions. So, there are a lot of people out there who do have good barbell movements. Most footy players, they need a workloaded mobility. They will perform better. They will move more freely. They will have less injuries. Uh, they will feel better. The backs won't hammer as much if they could get to those positions. Um, for the most part, you know, the modern mobility training hasn't reached elite sport. Um, I don't really like the... Um, dynamic warm-up solution or long, slow stretching sessions. I don't really see many people in the athletic world catching on to this stuff yet, um, but I'm sure it is happening, and I know there are some great private gyms that are working on this stuff, but systematically across professional sport, yeah, horrendously bad in terms of implementation, and the cost is increased injury, decreased performance. Um, very few coaches are going down this path, strength and conditioning coaches. It's, it's just uh, it's a doctrine and a rabbit hole. And, um, yeah, you, mobility is something you either have or you don't have, and then you just work around it from there. And, yeah, so often oftentimes teams will test something, sit and reach, need a wall, etc. but very limited ability. They have very little ability to improve it. I'm not really – I haven't been following CrossFit too much the last couple of years, but I do feel also that a lot of the Kelly Starrett-inspired stuff is mostly a distraction. It's mostly prep for that session, um, and it's cool because it's different, but it's cool doesn't mean that it's effective. So, you know, uh, gymnastics, ballet, weightlifters, look at the mobility work that those people are doing and do something along those lines. Um, or, or, yeah, check out some of the newer systems in mobility. 
I am interested to go further with FRC. I did kind of bash it a little bit there, but the only thing I was really criticizing was the concept of stop everything until mobility gets to where it needs to be. Now, if I'm wrong with that, then send me a message about it. Uh, I've heard that secondhand. So if that's not what they talk about, then that's, that's cool too. Um, I've at least spoken about functional range conditioning, which is pretty big buzz word. And um, yeah, a lot of people are doing the course. I probably will do it at some stage or at least spend some time with um, some of the guys that, that teach it or, you know, people that have been to it. Uh, yeah. Don't have a mobility fetish at the consequence of strength, force, and, and, and being in a useful body as well as a functional one or one with mobility. That's the bottom line to the story today. I hope your training's going well. I hope your life is going well. I hope you're eating well. I hope you're learning new things each day. I hope you're sleeping well. I hope you have great relationships going on. I hope you have an exciting project in your life that is getting better and better. I hope you're connected to a bunch of really positive, enthusiastic people that do cool shit. That is the foundation of my life and uh, that's why I love it. That's why I built it and I'm excited for all the people that I'm going to connect with in the days, weeks, years to come. Talk to you all soon. Man, that guy can talk. But he does it because he loves it. If you loved it, share it. Give us some feedback. What was great? What didn't you like? What was your biggest take-home message? Make sure you stay in touch with us on Instagram. And share your wins, people. This win is only going to come if we do it together. We have to take ourselves further. By taking ourselves further, we give permission for everybody around us to make positive changes in their lives and to become the people who they want to become. Everybody's changing the world. You are changing the world. Let's do this together. Let's see how far we can take it. Imagine, imagine if we all put our full heart into becoming the best versions of ourselves every single day.